Oh. <laughs> Imagine that's like actually the start. Should we just make that the start? Yeah. Okay. How are all you? Right. Yeah, not bad. Cool. Uh all right, ask me. see you next week. Oh <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I'm gonna check how I am. Nope. All right. Uh yeah, how's how's your week been? We we're actually we're recording every every other week right now, so Yes. So my week has been good. I actually it was really productive for me because in the last few weeks I've been putting everything off and I don't know if there's a name like a, a name of a principle or anything like that but you know when you're behind on one task or two tasks it becomes a lot harder to complete one of them like does that make sense if there are yeah, like no, six things yeah. I've not been for example if there are six people I haven't replied to it's very hard to reply to that first person but after that first one it becomes much easier that's what yeah. I've been struggling with that, that happens to me all the time as well, especially with replying to messages, because I'll typically only really look at my phone later on in the day, probably like after three, four o'clock and actually look at my messages properly, as long as I didn't get any emergencies throughout the day. But then by then you'll have a couple of group chat messages, some other random messages as well. You have like five, six messages piled up and then you're like, okay, I'll just do it later, be tomorrow. And then, you know, that number's increasing and it just becomes more and more difficult. And now that first message was like from four days ago and now you feel bad for even replying in the first first place. So you're like, hmm, do I leave it even longer or do I reply after four days? Um, but yeah, same thing with like other small weird kind of admin tasks like email and stuff for me. So, but yeah, uh, there is probably a name for that kind of aspect to it because i'm pretty sure everyone experiences it so someone must have put their name on it at this point but i it it, it doesn't come to mind for me yeah basically that's what i've been suffering with bro so um yeah basically i got a lot of things out of the way this week and also got the wheels turning for my elective project and also really good maybe the highlight of the week, I finished the Rome book, SPQR, mm. and then I read a book called The Year of the Hare, which is a Finnish book. The Year of the Hare. Hare like rabbit the hair. Animal. Not, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> rabbit um, hair. <laughs> that still doesn't help. Like <laughs> Rabbit hair or a hair that is like oh, a yeah. rabbit? <laughs> hair like the animal one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, just quickly, I don't know if the microphone's too sensitive because it's going into the yellow a lot, so I'm going to reduce the record level. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, just reduce it a tiny bit. Yellow is typically fine. Okay, I think now it's a bit better. Now, okay. So yeah, I finished that book. That was good, like the year of the hair as well. I read it in a couple of days and I just, I banged it out. And I quite like doing that with fiction books, just banging it out in one go. Was this like a novella as well? It's, yeah, it's really short. It's like uh, 150 pages. Oh. And uh, it's basically about this guy who leaves he lives in Helsinki it's based in the 70s in Finland and he leaves his job and goes into the wilderness basically and there's a hare that accompanies him through all of it and he encounters lots of bizarre situations and there's a quite a quite an exciting ending and it was actually really enjoyable to read and it's one of the first books in a long time that I read for pleasure I wasn't like it's not allegorical there's not some super deep meaning behind it and there's not non-fiction so you're not learning specifically about the real world in it necessarily and it was really enjoyable yeah i i <laughs> i quite recommend it and i think 
it inspired me to read more books like that to stop just reading to like learn and gain knowledge you know i i read that one for fun and it was fun so i think i'd like to do that more and so that was that was that one and then i read a super super short book yesterday and today by another one by tolstoy called what men live by which is if i do you mind if i quickly tell you about it yeah go um it's about this dude russian peasant in the 1800s of course and he it's kind of like a parable or like a fable almost he is super poor and he goes into a village to try and uh, buy a coat buy some clothes for the winter and he doesn't manage to and he on the way back he encounters this guy this naked man by a church and he brings him into the house and his wife is furious with him for bringing back this guy and not bringing back any of the coat that any of the clothing that they'd saved up for because as peasants so hard to save money i was also thinking like crazy how how valuable a coat is for them that was like the annual big buy and she was furious that he didn't get that and she was really angry at the naked guy as well who was wearing his clothes Uh, understandable to be fair (laughs) she was like what the heck uh but then he ends up staying and that's all in the start of the the story it's not very long anyway but ultimately by the end of it there are three learnings from the book or like three lessons to learn from it and that's i guess what tolstoy was trying to put across and it's about how how we live our lives and yeah i won't say the three things i guess just in case anyone does (laughs) read it but it was enjoyable and it wasn't a difficult read again it's like with the death of ivan Ilyich, i was scared that it was going to be like complicated but it's just not it's really short and really easy to follow and to be honest i think a kid could read it which is where my level is anyway so <laughs> yeah really good and another nice one and then now i'm going to read a longer one and i'm going to spend ages on this one i'm actually going to suffer and i probably won't even finish it it's because so it? long and it's in portuguese and so i think oh, i'm going to struggle <laughs> um yeah it's called conch conch da montanha and it's by an author called miguel torga And he's from, he's actually a very famous author from Portugal. And he was snaked out of the Nobel Prize. Um, He should have definitely won it. That's what people say in Portugal. For literature. I see. And um, yeah, there's only one Portuguese person who's won the Nobel Prize for literature. I think there are only two people ever from Portugal who've won the Nobel Prize. One is not a good thing. He won it for craniotomies uh, in psychiatry. Oh, okay. So that's not, you know. Fair enough. In retrospect, when what what year was that? Do you know? That was, I think, it was in the fifties. Oh, really? Craniotomies for psychiatry there. Interesting. Anyway, I suppose a Nobel Prize is a Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah, a dub's a dub. No, <laughs> no, not good, not good. And um, the second one was uh, in li- literature by this guy called José Saramago, and that one I would like to read as well. It's called Blindness or um, Ensayo Sobre Segueira. Um, so, yeah, that would be one to check out later. But for now, I'm going to read this one by Miguel Torga because it's my granddad's favorite author and mm. he's Portuguese. Well, of all, that's granddad in Portuguese. So, yeah, I'm going to read that to like pay homage to him. And I know I'm talking a lot at the start. I guess after I've like finished this like sort of. Um, diatribe then we can like unpick any bits that you'd like or we can just move on i don't know I, i'm just talking at you right now um, no no go go ahead i i do have a couple of questions but c- carry on <laughs> um 
Yeah, he he's from a little town called San Martino de Anta, San Martino de Anta, and it's like I don't know if I've said it in a previous episode, have I? The fact that it's really really close to where my granddad's from, like a tiny little village in northern Portugal. It's got about a hundred people. The one that my granddad's from is called Passos, and this one, San Martino de Anta, is like. 10 minutes walk away, 15 minutes away, super close. And this guy, Miguel Torga, this really famous writer, one of the greatest Portuguese writers ever. Um, yeah, he, he lived there, he grew up there, and a lot of his writings are about that region of Portugal. It's a beautiful part of Portugal uh, in the north with the mountains and the valleys. And yeah, it's lovely. So I'm really looking forward to reading it. And it's just, I'm a bit intimidated because I think I will struggle a lot, especially initially, just to mm. take in the written Portuguese. So yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I have two questions. The first one just being about Nobel Prizes in literature, because I can understand how a Nobel Prize would be given to like a field in biology or physics. I can see like, you know, this piece of work, you know, over the past year or however many years has been really substantial in this aspect of biology or physics or mathematics and really pushed forward that entire field of academia, right? But then with literature, because it's so vast and so almost subjective to a certain extent is it literally just a literature as a whole or is it like broken down into subcategories or or okay then what, what would be the like process of figuring out if this piece of writing is nobel prize worthy so i'll just quickly look it up because i don't i, I have no idea um <laughs> So let's just see what Wikipedia says. That's always the best place to turn. So the Nobel Prize in Literature is a Swedish literature prize that is awarded annually since 1901 to an author from any country who has, in the words of the will of the Swedish industrialist Alfred Nobel, Nobel in the field of literature, produced the most outstanding work in an idealistic direction. So, In an idealistic direction? Yes. And what though individual exactly works, does that mean? It says, though individual works are sometimes cited as being particularly noteworthy, the award is based on an author's body of work as a whole. That's interesting. I, I didn't mm. know that. Because I thought with, I thought Nobel Prizes are based on a specific achievement. So if you've written a specific book or you've discovered a specific principle in maths or like mm. figured something out, then you get the award for that reason. But it seems mm. that it's actually an award overall. Yeah. Well, I suppose in even in the sciences, I suppose that one discovery is usually accompanied by a huge body of work that you've probably been working at for the past decade or something. So I suppose it's always going to be a body of work. It's not so much that you just decide to do decide to do a random experiment and just make a breakthrough discovery. It's just a bunch of experiments that eventually lead to breakthrough discovery or, you know, solidifying a particular theory kind of thing but yeah i just find it yeah with literature was it an idealistic was it pushing forward in an idealistic direction in an I idealistic direction I, I don't really i can't i don't really understand what that means i suppose who's, who's ideal like what direction kind of thing because again that's massively subjective and that's not to say that the nobel prizes in science aren't subjective as well different experts in a particular field are going to say different pieces of work were more important than others but i don't know i think the level of subjectiveness with the literature one i just wouldn't be able to say if for whatever reason i had to pick like the nobel prize in literature i wouldn't know where to start i wouldn't know how to kind of break things down 
Apart I suppose from just reading be, everyone's work. I don't know. I I suppose it would be the like author with the pieces of writing that have had the greatest influence or maybe made a commentary on something important that's happened in society, like reflecting maybe a voice for people who um, it helps move forward a certain movement. Or sometimes mm-hmm. it can just be a writer who's clearly had a big impact on the world and deserves recognition for it. I don't know. I can see yeah. how yeah, yeah, in yeah. literature yeah, it can yeah. be like, I don't know. I don't think it would be too difficult to select people. Although I know that there are a lot of um, controversies about like, for example, the fact that Tolstoy never won it. Um, that was a really Beef. big one. I remember um, obviously Miguel Torga, not that I'm biased, but you know, he didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't win it either. That's a big robbery. Um, but yeah, overall, I suppose um, it's, yeah, we've gone on a tangent with the Nobel Prize. Um, mm-hmm. But one other question was, so you've been reading a lot lately over the past few months. How how do you feel like mentally, like intellectually overall? Because I was having this discussion with my flatmate literally the other day, I think yesterday, about how I just feel not so like mentally challenged or as intellectually sharp, not being able to think through different problems or just you know, weigh up opinions and facts and stuff. Basically, my brain isn't as sharp because I haven't been reading over the past year or so, um, or probably not a year, like eight months, but the year and a half before that where I was reading every day consistently and I was reading a lot in a huge variety of topics, my mind just felt so much more open. Have, have you noticed something similar over the past couple of months? I'd like to say I have, but to be honest, I haven't. Like Oh, rip. Um, I guess I've. I, I suppose it massively depends on what you read as well. Um, but no, the the stuff you've been reading has been that kind of stuff. I suppose I've been reading a lot of um, like nonfiction. You know, just a lot of stuff related to certain matters that I want to improve on in certain aspects of life, whether it's finance or you know productivity in certain aspects or religion. But even like certain things with history, I even read some books on like anthropology. Uh, anthropology you know the one about money and debt and everything and how that's basically from an anthropological point of view um so yeah that's why i just i was starting to ah actually now that i think reflect on it i realized the books that covered aspects of history about a particular topic that's when i really started like what this this is insane and i started like felt like i was learning a lot whereas the books that didn't really cover too much when it goes back in the books that don't really pull you through a journey through like history and stuff they they seemed like less useful or I learned less from them compared to those other books. So I think it comes down to that aspect. But yeah, so you, you say you haven't really felt a similar thing. No, and I think it's to do with how like my comprehension or the way I retain the information from the books maybe because I don't think I do that in the best way. Like I was trying to recount the Tolstoy book to my flatmate earlier and just the like conclusions from the book. And I find that it there were things that I couldn't remember very well because I hadn't discussed it as I went along in the book and I think you can sort of just read without taking everything in sometimes and I think I still Mm. do that like I think it's something obviously we all know that reading is something you have to train and get better at but I don't think I'm there yet so I don't think I'm the best reader so like I'll read it and often I'm really enjoying what I'm reading so for example with SPQR with the book about ancient Rome I read I read all of it and I was following all of it it's not like I was reading it blindly and not thinking about it but I don't think I was retaining all of the information 
you know, I'd read parts of it and just think, I remember, like I'd read parts of it and be interested in what was happening and like following mm. it, but not reading it to remember it. I was more just reading it out of interest and like, oh damn, like what, whatever this battle is or this emperor, the way he chose to change the government, that was really interesting, but I'm not trying to remember it. But I don't think you actually should be trying to remember stuff from a, from a book because that defeats the purpose. You're not studying for anything. You're not... The, the aim of the book isn't to really just memorize information. One, it's to enjoy it. And two, it's to try and learn fundamental principles from it, if it's that kind of book. Um, or, you know, really, like saying that history book, or the, the, the book about Rome, like key, key turning points kind of thing. Those are the pro like aspects you'll probably end up remembering. And those are probably going to be the most fundamental and most important. And then the other kind of details in between and whatnot, they aren't so important to remember. But the thing is... I think just subconsciously, your brain is taking it all in and it's stuck there somewhere in your memory. You just can't directly access it. What you need is context to end up accessing it. I remember talking to a friend about when I was reading a lot, like how do I retain all the information? Because I was just whizzing through books. I like, I just read it and then once I complete it, I'll just go on to the next book kind of thing. And she was just like, how, how are you using the information or like, how are you retaining it and whatnot? Uh, how do you go back to it and everything? And I haven't really gone back to any books apart from a couple of rare times when I wanted to pick out something specific. But a lot of the books I was reading, I could apply certain princi principles from those books straight away in my life. So that was kind of reinforcing the information and allowing it to kind of get embedded into my brain. Or if I, and I have the tendency, as soon as I learn something new, I want to just try and tell someone about it just because I genuinely find it interesting. And I want them to also benefit from what I have learned if I find that is beneficial. Um, so that also reinforces it. And then you get gaps in your knowledge or just the discussion that, you know, comes after will just kind of help you formulate your own thoughts and opinions about that particular point. But then the other thing is, someone will just, you might just be having some random conversation and then some weird thing just might come up and then, and then your brain will just remember that weird, like random fact. Like, you know, a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about death and everything, and then that somehow related to the concept of negativity dominance and all of that, that was just a complete off thing. I wasn't trying to actively recall that. It just kind of came up and I completely forgot about that, but it just popped up in my head because of the context. And that's the part where we just kind of have to trust our brains that we don't even understand how, how powerful our brains are. And that it's, it's probably there somewhere. We just need the right time and moment and context for it to come back. I, I guess that's a good way of looking at it. And I suppose, yeah, when I do, because I am focusing when I read, even if I'm not actively recalling everything or I, don't, I can't just sit here and just recount to you everything I've read, it doesn't mean that yeah. I wasn't taking it in. And I guess, yeah, that I would agree with that. But at the same time, I think... I don't like setting specific rules because I think each book is different and I, yeah, you can't approach them the same way, but maybe making brief notes sometimes would be good. Like I might mm. start doing that a little bit, nothing, nothing too rigorous, but yeah, just, um, I don't know. Like for example, the Tolstoy book, there are a couple of reflections from it. And one of the big reflections is the three questions at the end and the answers to the three questions. I would like to, and I will, probably after we speak, to be honest, write them down and, I don't know, just write a couple of thoughts on them because they are quite interesting. And if I don't write them down, then I, I probably won't remember them in the same way. I've, I've told you about Obsidian, right? The, like, note-taking app? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay, I, I have to get you onto that, man, because... <laughs> Seriously, I think it'll actually just change the game, like for you and note, like note taking, 
because you can literally just build out your brain right there and then making the links especially with anthropology and such like vast topics like geopolitics and history and stuff like that where everything is linking in and you can't even visualize all of that but something like an app like obsidian will just facilitate that and i think you would like become obsessed with it once you start seeing the power of it so i'm gonna have to like onboard you onto obsidian should i, should I download it now yeah yeah just just download Wait, do you it. have to pay for it no no it's completely free open source and it's not even hosted on any like okay no, this is going to sound like a sales pitch at this point but um it's not hosted on like you can host it on your computer so they don't even have access to the file to your files and stuff you own your files like you know certain apps like Rome research and stuff it's all centralized and stuff basically this is a cure it's just simple markdown so if the app ever goes bust for whatever reason then you still have all of your notes there and you can just import it into any kind of app like you know notion or word or google google docs or whatever you want to it's just uh, it's just simple text files essentially so yeah you you don't ever have to worry about oh man what if i lose all my stuff oh you got it you got it um i'd, I'd actually recommend doing it on your computer or uh, laptop first and set it up from there and then you can sync it up with your phone just because obviously the interface and it's much easier to take is designed laptop first than then for the mobile but um yeah i, I think you'll get onto big things with obsidian to be fair yeah not, fair enough. <laughs> not sponsored not sponsored but it yeah. does sound definitely sponsored <laughs> i think you've been maybe something <laughs> under the table received a bit of money there maybe on the other side of the camera there's someone like holding up flashcards telling you what to say <laughs> and it's completely open source so don't worry so like blink twice if, if you're being coerced um but yeah no that does sound good and yeah i i suppose if i do keep it up with the reading then i could try and do that although i think the big problem is in the months ahead with a few more exams that i've got to do oh by the way i passed finals that was good oh, um that was the nice. exam last month huge nice <laughs> yeah i got that p which is also that dub um Boy. so yeah i've got oski's next month now and uh the psa the prescribing prescribing yeah yeah I've got those two left to go. And then after that, also have to find out where I'll be working. That will be next month. And then, yeah, it's all happening. Yeah, that is very, very interesting. But yeah, um, I, I must say, I've this whole episode so far has been about me and what I've been reading and what I've been up to. How about you this week? What have you done? Not much apart from motorbike related stuff. So on, on Tuesday, I collected my new motorbike. Very fun. I'm very pleased with it i suppose at that point upgrading from like a 125 to anything like higher it's basically just going to be better in every way you know faster more stable easier to control smoother blah 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 whatever you know um and have just been working on it you know doing small things here and there changing a couple of things adding doing some work on it and then obviously just riding around getting used to the bike because obviously it's a completely different experience when riding um and also taking like passengers on the back now Took, took my brother like on the back for you know a decent ride around and stuff so getting used to that that is a very different dynamic as well also had a couple of close close calls yesterday when with my brother went back like i actually thought we were just gonna hit the car in front like i thought it was game over um like two days in basically but you know we were fortunate enough to avoid a collision what happened um so it was a two two lane road 40 miles an hour and so this was like near Heathrow Airport. You know how there are lots of airport uh, hotels and stuff. Just to um, clarify, two lane road is that like one either direction? Oh no, two two lanes on one side, but it's, oh. it's not a dual carriageway though. Um, so yeah, so it's a double lane in one one 
in one direction. Um, so basically there's a row of cars like next to me or on the right. So I was in the left-hand lane just cruising at 40. Um, and then a couple of cars down, he suddenly slows down and indicates to like go into the um, in, into the lane I was in, into the left lane. And I was just going down 40. And I thought that dude was just coming into the left lane to just, you know, come into the left lane like you should and just carry on that lane because it was empty in like, the road was empty like in front. And then he actually just came to an absolute standstill and he was going to turn left into the hotel just suddenly. So he went from the right lane, went, came into the left lane and just stopped instantly to turn into the left. But he didn't even continue turning because someone was crossing the road on the entrance to the car park of the hotel. So he just came to a dead stop right in front of me. So just I had to like emergency break, like last second and stuff. And yeah, ABS kicked in, everything. Ah, oh, that's one thing, you know, these bikes kind of had ABS, whereas I was on a one-two. If I was on my older bike, basically I would have hit it. Um, but, you know, we were fortunate enough to not hit it, but that was a pretty close call. And then it was, it's interesting because then I, I just sat in the road for like five seconds. I was like, what the hell just happened? Some dude walking past, um, the dude who was actually walking across the road in the, in of the car park entrance, just looked at the entire thing, was just looking at me. And I just looked at him. I was like, what the, well, to be fair, he couldn't see me through my visor, but I just kind of looked at him. I just looked back at my bike and I was just like, what the hell just happened? And it's interesting because I could feel like the weight of my brother like being pushed like onto my back as well because obviously he's like falling forward with me. Um, but yeah, close call. Um, you know, it just happens sometimes, but you know, lucky to come out of it unscathed. But uh, yeah. And then aside from the motorbiking, you're still on placement and... Um, yeah, finished dermatology. I'm on like a one week break now between placement. So between dermatology and then next week I start on peds um so yeah we'll we'll see how that goes fair enough okay well for me this week yeah I have a I have a oh I have a meeting on Tuesday which is quite exciting that'll yes. be quite well I'm really excited for it and um I guess yeah it's it's the first time I've ventured into the world of anthropology potentially but mm. I don't want to say anything more about it just because I don't know exactly what it will entail. And yeah. yeah, just wait and see. I'm quite excited though. And then I have to do some like research project stuff for my elective project, which is in cardiology. So those are the things that I'm up to at the moment. It's pretty chill to be honest. And yeah, hopefully do some more reading, take it easy. I'm watching the Super Bowl tonight as well. Oh, um, was tonight. Nice. Yeah. And one last thing, I've been... For the first time ever, I've been getting quite into cooking. So Ooh, ticking oh. off finally something that has taken way too long. So yeah, I most days at the moment I'm trying to make something and get as much feedback as possible slash criticism. So I'm learning very slowly. Mm. I mean, a few months ago, I couldn't make an omelette. So I'm getting that there. Huge progress. Yeah, progress yeah. is being made. But yeah. And you teach how to make the uh, chai. Yeah, chai, you do. You chai. do. I'm relying on you, man, and your family, <laughs> to help me with the Pakistani food. Yeah, that it's good. I made some today. It was it banged, so <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Did you put the cardamom in it? Of course, of course. Actually, my sister had cardamom powder, so that like gave a good kick. Okay, yeah, that will be something we do next time. We're both in Bournemouth, but for now, I'm in London. You're in Bournemouth, and sad. Yeah. I don't know when our next in-person episode will be, but hopefully not too long. Mm.
Uh, actually, what's sad is that our in-person episodes are probably no longer going to be in what used to be our studio because that is now being renovated and like recreated basically into a separate living space. So, all right. Oh no, what are we going to do? I don't know. We're just going to have to Back sit to the like, summer house. Yeah. In this weather, but I think there's like mold in it or something. So unless we want aspergillosis or something, probably best not to go in there. So oh, yeah, we'll have sad. to figure something out. Okay. All right. Well, that's all from me this week, to be honest. So yeah, unless you've got anything <laughs> else, can leave it there, I guess. Yeah, I suppose we'll just leave it there. Okay. Nice little right. catch up. Yep. As always, it was a pleasure. I'll catch you in the next one. All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Getting It. If you enjoyed this episode or didn't, then feel free to leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app or on the Apple Podcasts website. We'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas or questions about anything we discussed. So feel free to email us at thoughts at gettingit.co.uk. You can also reach us on Twitter or Instagram at gettingit underscore pod. You can find all the links in the show notes.